It's the Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show. Do you know the Mikey Bet Show? Come on, listen to the Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show. Do you know the Mikey Bet Show? Yes, the Mikey Bet Show, where the bookies get on. Last week on the Mikey Bet Show. You think we're going to be able to go to any games this year? And will you go to a game with this year with me? Are you asking me on a date? I just asked you on a date. I literally, like, as soon as I left my house, like, I said, I just asked him on a date. I just asked you on a date. You down? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Building them castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. You down? Yo! Saddle up! Lock and load. All right, guys. Well, uh, welcome to the Mikey Betts Show. Welcome back. Uh, I'd like to introduce my main man, Chris the Capper, and I would like to... And I would like to talk to, uh, introduce, introduce my man, Mando, who is coming back to the show. Um, It's not just the two of us anymore. Damn, isn't that fucked up? Did you guys see that Maury thing that I put put up the other day? Uh, That little little Maury, the Maury picture, or the Maury video I put up the other day? Did you guys see it? I did, no, I don't follow you. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Speaking of that, though, uh, where, where can they follow you, Mike, Mikey Betts? Uh, you can follow me at Real Mikey Betts on Twitter. You can follow me uh, at Real Mikey Betts on Instagram. You can follow me. You can just search Mikey Betts on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, go to bellyupfantasysports.com slash Mikey Betts if you want to place your free bet or get straight bets and parlays with me. Uh, or you can go to MikeyBets.com. Check that out. Uh, if you uh, sign up now to... Elliot Fantasy Sports, 50% off right now if you enter the promo code MikeyBets. So... Yeah, you like that one? That underhand slow pitch for you to knock out the park? Yeah, dude, it was a nice fucking lob. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> gonna, give you fast, gonna give you fastballs right down the middle. <laughs> so what do you guys think of the um, the Frank the Tank interview? I, I, or not even interview. It was a little sing-along. Um, I know we didn't even talk about it, but what did you guys think of that? You guys seem close. Seems like uh, Chris and I's days here are numbered. Right? Uh, me and Frank my- are, are best friends, but the age difference just doesn't – it's not It's not going to correlate. The guy could be my dad. Probably is my dad. Sorry, dad. Might be your dad. I don't, I don't know. I'm not your dad very well. Could be him. Man, don't remember, like, when we were playing basketball and you're like, uh, <laughs> you're a disappointment, just like your father. And then he fucking apologized. <laughs> dude, and then like mid mid moment he's like, hey man, like dude, that was kind of harsh. I know you're going through the divorce. And I was like, dude. Yeah, I, I I perfectly remember saying that. And I remember it coming out mid-sentence, but you know, there's nothing I could do to stop myself. God damn. So I figured, fucking funny. I figured the best thing to do was just say the joke in its entirety and then apologize later. Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's um, all about it's all about the laughs initially. It is. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The laughs. So we're about three minutes in, five minutes in. We have not said one thing about sports. Um, it's a sports show, so we got to say something. How'd you guys like that All Star game? 
It was good. That was a good win by the East. <laughs> Dude. So, okay. All right. For those who don't know, we, we record this like on Friday and Saturday. So we didn't even oh, watch the All-Star say, game. I it again. We got a super producer here. Oh, true, true, true. Hey, what do you guys think of the All-Star game? It was a good game. Good win by the West. <laughs> You're so stupid. Hey, uh, thanks for the compliment, though. Dude, we got a stellar producer. Stellar producer. Um, but hey, I want to talk about really quick. We have the cat man joining the show, aka, you know, David Kaplan. Um, dude, Chris, what did you think of that interview? Well, I know you and I got on the tandem bike went for a ride after <laughs> that show. Dude, he had me ready to run through a brick wall. I that said, was, Hey Cap. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Dude, we asked for hey, hey Cap, you got 15, 20 minutes of your time. Please, uh, I appreciate it. He goes, yeah, no problem, dude. The guy gave us 15 minutes of his time. Like, look, I got, I got a little whiskey right with me. See him. <laughs> what if he just picked up like a ferret? Just wait. <laughs> if he's there, then who's mixing your sound levels? I just know what Capone's for. Oh, Capone's downstairs. <laughs> whiskey is the face. Capone's smoking a fucking cigar, cigarette outside. Him in rut. <laughs> Fucking deep drags. Long cigarette cigarettes longer than a pencil. Shout out to Rut. <laughs> Shout out to Rut. What's Rutger? Oh, yeah, I miss that man. Oh that's man. That's the homie. Man, we would we, we would used to listen to Love Line all the time. Did you have you guys ever listened to Love Line? You're no, my but I know you're talking about it. Wait, what? I said you're my love line. Dude, wait, stop it. No, seriously, Mando, have you ever listened to Love Line? I know what it is, but no, I never listened to it. It's it's pretty good. We uh if you ever get like yeah, Mando, you got time. Just fucking uh watch or listen I'm a to Love Line. Yeah, you are a pretty busy guy. So I, I what what do you do for work? What do you do for work? You can catch us at the uh at the horse races <laughs> at Dave and Buster's. But oh, sorry, dude, sorry. It's just a robot race. The horse is going up and down. When they had that game at Pyramid Club in uh, Addison. Shut up. When I was maybe like 12, 13 years old, I had to put a rack into that game. That's where, you, so that's where your gambling addiction started. And look at me now. <laughs> just a fucking winner. Just fucking dressed like Tony Soprano over there in the jumpsuit. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for noticing. It is pretty cool. I was going to um, say, are your pants matching? I don't know. You told me. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. Dude. Uh, that's, that's too dude, funny. Dude, I am. <laughs> oh, you see the back? Oh, <laughs> hell no. All right. So let's talk about the All-Star game. Uh, we have a bunch of new faces in the All-Star game. Look, look, I need to tell you guys something. And uh m- March 12th, something's happening. Gunther's birthday is March 12th, by the way, but. Besides that, something even bigger than Gunther's birthday is happening. There's what do you think? I think can do, but it is. Let me give you a little hint, Chris. Let's hear it. <laughs> getting tight. On the Queens Brown Bridge tonight. Cash my check and I'm right home to you. King of Queens is reun- uh, reuniting. King of Queens is reuniting. Get the fuck out. King of Queens yeah. is reuniting. March fucking 12th. 
King of Queens is reuniting, bro. Tell me something. Tell me what you feel about that. No mames. No mames. <laughs> That's fucking I, dope. Dude, I, I am so fucking excited. Oh, it, it keeps going off. Max getting tight. <laughs> what if the whole show was just... <laughs> 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 was just this on the loop for an hour and 30 minutes. We can keep it quiet in the background. We just talk over it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll just play it as a music bed under. <laughs> Dude, I love that It's cash my chick and drive right home. You, you, ever, you ever see that one tweet? Um, this girl like put a note and was like, oh my gosh, my baby is so thoughtful. He wrote me a poem. And it was just like he copied and pasted um, the King of Queens intro. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking genius. Dude, it looks like you're about to suit up for the Pistons. Yeah, oh, I mean, I still got a nice little wetter. Don't don't call it a wetter. Um, all right, so we haven't talked sports at all. Um, let's talk about the Bears. We talked to Cap about the Bears a lot, and uh, what Cap says is we kind of have a real chance with with uh, Russell Wilson. What do you guys think? I wish people would stop saying this. You really think I- so? Let's talk about it. I I know the Bears. You know, you guys know the Bears. They think it's funny to do this to the fans. I'm so convinced. Like, I, the more, like, I see, like, online and shit about them saying, like, he's actually, like, this is becoming more of a preferred location for him. The more people are going to get excited about it just to get their hopes let down that much more when he goes to, I don't, probably, it's probably New Orleans or, L, or uh, uh, Vegas. Mm, you really think so? Yeah. I, I, you want to well, do it? No, nothing he says makes sense. He says he likes uh, the Bears' O line. They don't have an O line. He says well, yeah. he, like, he likes Mike or uh, Matt Nagy. Nobody likes Matt Nagy. No, not even Matt Nagy likes Matt Nagy. And all, all, the, all the fucking weapons. Like, they're, I mean, their only real weapon besides Darnell Mooney is Alan Robinson. He's as good as gone. Think so? Yeah, he's gone. I think I have a totally different take than you. Um, I oh, think. Okay. Let's hear. <laughs> I I really think that the Bears, the Bears make a push for Russell Wilson, and or I mean not and or but or, uh, Deshaun Watson. I really do. I like this is the first year that, and you know how I am. I it, it's some years I'm like, oh my gosh, the Bears are gonna win. Every year I'm like, the Bears are gonna win the Super Bowl. But during the off season, I know that the Bears are a joke. But this year it's kind of different. Look how desperate. It's kind of weird. It's it, it, it's really weird. Uh, I've never seen I never seen Ryan Pace act like his job was on the line, and that's the difference this year. He's acting like his job is on the line. Last year he was signing Robert Quinn to fucking seventy million dollars over five years. Uh, he was just giving everybody free contracts, acting like Oprah. This year, the fact that he didn't even give an offer to Wentz shows that finally this guy is fucking. Acting like his job is on the line, like, dude, it, it it's starting to it's starting to make sense. Okay, this guy is finally realizing. Look, if I want to keep my job, if I want to stay in Evanston, if I want to stay in the nice area, if I want to stay living good, and you know, hey, honey, how are you? You know, like all all nice. Is he Fred I, Flintstone? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, 
Um, yeah, I really do think that there's going to be a push. I really do that. I really do think that there's going to be a push this year. And Deshaun Watson, um, you guys don't think there's any chance with him? I want to hear this from, from you guys. Um, I mean, I think it's about as equal chance Russell or uh, Deshaun Watson, but I don't know. Even if they're they're willing to make that move where they'll actually do it. I don't even know if I'd be on board for it because it's just so many draft picks they're giving up. That's their entire future for years. And even just for a QB, I don't know if that still puts them in a playoff spot or an actual contender spot. Chris, what do you think? I'm just worried about how much they got to give up and if it's worth it at that point. I think it's still going to be worth it, but how how depleted is the defense potentially or how depleted is the whole roster moving forward because you don't have draft picks either. Well, look, I mean, take the same exact team that we have right now, put it doesn't matter uh, Wilson or Watson on there and no first round picks for, I don't know, probably fucking three, four years. Are they, is that a Super Bowl team? I really don't think so. I feel like with, I feel like with the moves that, you got to take into consideration what Russ is going to bring to the table. Because look at the Bucks. When you say, if you were to say last year at this time, oh my gosh, if, if fucking Tom Brady goes to the Bucks, no way they're winning a Super Bowl. It's just Tom Brady and then the pieces that are there. But what did Tom Brady bring to the Bucks? That's the difference, right? Tom Brady brought Anto- uh, Antonio Brown. He brought AB. Brown, he brought but at the same Brown, time, just brought... Godwin and Mike Evans were already there. Of course. That's for any QB, that's huge. Of course. But like, you could say the same with the Bears. We have Allen Robinson already. God, God forbid, okay, let's say we, we franchise tag him. Okay. Mm-hmm. We trade away three first-round draft picks. Okay. And let's say Akeem Hicks. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair to say. Or, or let's say Eddie Jackson. Let's say we trade Eddie Jackson. Fair to say. Okay. We are terrible in the first round anyways, besides Roquan Smith in the past four or five years in first round draft picks. We are used to not having draft picks in the first round. Um, Our second through fifth round or second through seventh, you know, is either hit or miss. So I I feel like if you're going to sign Russell Wilson, there's no way you're going to try to rebuild through the draft, right? You're going to, you're going to find his people that he wants to bring in. So you're going to have Russ come in and then he's going to say, Hey man, you should come to Chicago and play with me and win a championship. Okay. Then you're going to have two more guys come in. Okay. Our offense is set. Now let's focus on the defense. Okay. We, our defense is pretty set. We need to find that uh, hole for, let's say Eddie Jackson or Akeem Hicks. Let's hope it's Akeem Hicks because we have Eddie Goldman, but if it's Eddie Jackson, okay, then we got to look at the draft. We have to look at other areas. We have to look at free agency. So there's a whole bunch of things that we have to play into uh, factor. But I really feel like Russell Wilson is the move. And I think it's all ha- it all has to do with Sierra. It all has to do with Sierra. She mm-hmm. wants to live in, in Chicago. Chicago is beautiful. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I don't know. So I, I, I can't imagine someone like Sierra liking Chicago. I go more than like New Orleans or Dallas or Miami or something. You think that New Orleans is better than Chicago? Well, I mean, shot. like, no chance, no chance. No, it's definitely, definitely not nicer, but just, I don't know, like, climate-wise, like, it's actually, like, a place where you could go do shit. And on top of that, I think you, if you plug Wilson in to the Saints as opposed to the Bears, that gives you a much, much better chance at competing for a Super Bowl. 
But I feel like Russ wants the uh, the status. He wants the uh, immortality. Okay. So if you go to the Bears, you get something way more different than going to the Saints. Look at the fans, dude. Yeah. You go to the Bears, you look at the Bears, you look at us, and we're fucking fans, bro. The Bears are more than we're the, we're a charter franchise, right? We're not the Saints. We're not okay. Who that Saints, bro? We're the fucking Bears. You know what I'm saying? The Bears have a history of of greatness uh, when it comes to defense and not we, a quarterback, though. right? That's the thing. What if Russ is the quote unquote savior of the Chicago Bears? He will never pay for a drink in his life in Chicago. He will have restaurants in Chicago. It's a business move. Bro, look at Ditka. That guy won one fucking ring in the city. He's got two restaurants. He's got, or three, four restaurants. He's he lives life like the king. He's the coach. He's fucking he's the bee's knees in Chicago. He'll never pay for a drink again. Look at Joe Madden. Joe Madden will never have to pay for a drink again. No no chance. All right. Are the Bulls making any splashes? Um, probably not, but I don't think that doesn't mean they're a playoff team. You like the Bulls make a splash for Andre Drummond. I can see them going to like in like not a playoff contender, but like an actual like championship contender. Like I've I've heard both LA teams. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard every fucking free agent with the Nets. That's apparently uh where Blake Griffin's landing. You, wait, Blake Griffin the is going to go to the trades. Thaddeus. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's like his preferred <sighs> destination already. If the Bulls trade Thaddeus, you you ruin a core that you wanted. So I say if the Bulls, um, and plus, core, what is it? What is it worth it? Because if you're only getting a second round pick, maybe it is more valuable just to let him kind of. Because I think he's still under contract next right. year too, isn't he? Yeah, I just so. Could just be another piece to uh, potentially just be part of the puzzle. Yeah, he's a solid role player. What about Lonzo Ball? I'd be all for it, but the only thing is, um, I I'm not. Him, I wouldn't want him stunt. I mean, you know, I'm a big Ball family guy. I love Lonzo, Lamelo, Leandro. Uh, Lanzo was cool, I guess. But um, I wouldn't want him stunting the I'm growth big of his and I don't think he's willing to come off the bench. I don't think he's willing to come off the bench. I like Kobe White. I do not want him to leave. I like Zach Levine, unfortunately. I know John is fucking smiling. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do that trade. But I do want to talk about the Drummond trade. But how valuable could Kobe White be coming off the bench? I don't think he could be. Well, I, mean, I don't think that's I, what I his think, role is. Especially if he's playing maybe a two instead of the one. Yeah, but like then what you bump uh, Zach over to three? Like, could he handle playing three? Look, you, you guys are going to call me crazy right now. And uh, we could take this. We're going to look at this five years ago, five years from now. And we're going to either say Mike is crazy or Mike is a genius. And I think Kobe White has the potential to be a successful starter. I think he has the potential to be an all star. I think that his range and his shooting and his ability is Tristan. Steph Curry ish ish. It's not. It's not going to be as as great as Steph Curry, but it will be a um, few All Stars. He'll make a few All Star games. He'll uh, he'll make a few splashes, and he's going to have a decent career. So I don't think that the bench role is going to be for him. I feel like um, 
he's really starting to to develop under Billy Donovan. And under Billy Donovan versus Duke Jim Boylan, you could see the exponential growth. You know what I'm saying? The assist, I need him to pick up though. He sucks mm-hmm. on he sucks on passing. And it's not even sucking on passing. It's uh if you watch the games, he it's he gets one pass and then it gets a pass to another. It's it's he, he needs to find better open spots. He mm-hmm. finds He's making the good chances. He's finding open guys, but he's got to put them in positions to score. Right, right, right. Exactly. Chris, what are your thoughts? And that's why I got, I mean, I, I don't think that's crazy to say that he could possibly have all-star potential. And that's why I wouldn't want to bring someone else in to stunt that uh, development with him. Lonzo, as much as I like him and who I do think is a solid point guard for what he is, he's like, he's a classic point guard. He's not a shooter, but. He could cut to the basket. He could play D, rebound, dish the ball. I think we're seeing as good as we're going to get out of him. Yeah, exactly. All right, you guys want to talk about this Andre Drummond trade? I want to. I, I want to um, explain what I think is going to happen. I think that what potentially best case scenario for the Bulls would be if we traded Andre Drummond for Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. Okay, you take. You take. Um, Laurie Markkinen's nine million dollar contract that he's going to get next year. You're going to take Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter's seven million that you're getting next year. And that's seventeen million. You offer, yeah. you offer drop. Thank you so much. You offer. Wait, it's like sixteen million actually. Holy shit. Better math. Um, you offer, uh, Drummond because he's going to be a free agent next year. You offer him. Look, hey, I'll give you a three year, twenty two, twenty five million dollar deal. Oh my gosh, my voice just cracked. Um, you get, you're basically paying 9 million over, or you're paying 23 million, but you're, you're cutting Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. You can even get rid of Archie after the year. So you're cutting the guy. Um, next year, our cap space is going to be 53 million. If you take that 53 million and you get rid of Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen, and then Archie, you're going to have $73 million in cap space. Okay, I think you can afford to pay Andre Drummond, who is 27 years old and a great center who gets about 15 rebounds a game and about he's a double double every night. Right. And he's a secure starter. He's there's no question when you have to put somebody at a center. I feel like that'd be a great trade. Um, And at the end of the day, what are you losing? You're losing Laurie Markkinen, who plays 40 games a year. And you're losing Wendell Carter Jr., who's on a fucking scholarship. I never see the guy. And when I do see the guy. He's six ten, playing like he's six four. I, I I don't understand this guy. He get he got three rebounds last year. How our last game? How how do you do that? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I didn't hear even hear you. What'd you say? Um, I'm not even sure actually. What's uh, Andre Drummond's contract looking like right now? So Drummond's gonna be a free agent after this year. So we don't really have to pay him anything, right? It, it yeah. would be a wash essentially. We're gonna have we're gonna have auto port. Okay, well, that's also dangerous too. Like, how confident would you be? depending in the moves that the Bulls would make if he actually re-signs. All right, now look at this. All right, so either we let a guy walk and we have $73 million on the cap in a 2021 free agency where the free agency is huge, right? 2021 it's, free agency is going to be pretty big. You can't. I don't think it's going to be as big as you think. You don't think so? I think the biggest free agents are like, and I think and their player options are like Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard, who – are probably going to resign where they're at. I think aside from them, the biggest free agent is might be like Lamarcus Aldridge. 
then we gotta find somebody some people that will sign and trade um you gotta find people through ak who he knows you gotta find connections through he mm-hmm. knows you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's got to be some ways and some like look at Bradley Beal. You think he's gonna like he says he's gonna stay in Washington? Look at Damian Lillard. How are you gonna stay loyal for? How long are you gonna stay loyal for if your team keeps losing? You know what I'm saying? There's got to be some players or somebody that's gonna push their way out of their city because you're looking at the league now. It's a and it's the players' league, right? They decide yeah. where they want to play. And if they see that teams are on the rise, look at already, you're already hearing trade rumors and trade talks with Bradley Beal going to the Knicks because the Knicks are have a above 500 record. Now imagine the Bulls are above 500. We're just two games away. Imagine that we show signs of growth and we're good. People are going to want to come to us. So those are my thoughts. So that's what I think. If we, if we let Drummond walk, then we let him walk. But I don't think he's going to walk away from 25 million after, after a four-year, 70 million contract that he didn't live up to. Uh, he hasn't made the all-star game in five years. Um, and yeah, I don't think that he's even worth 25 million. I think he would be worth 22, 20, but you got to remember that the salary cap is going up next year to 125 million. So it's a lot of money to be playing with. Yeah, I hear. I think, I mean, what's going to bode best for the bulls is what's pretty much becoming the, or I guess what is the new norm now is just, the top players wanting to team up with each other. So I think the best thing the Bulls could keep doing for the time being is just keep showing, like keep developing, keep drafting and building assets, showing they have assets, hope or try to make themselves as desirable as possible for free agents and try to push for some superstar tandem, probably not next year, but maybe the next maybe two or three years, hope that they want to come to the Bulls and then unload your assets for them because you're not, winning anything without at least two top 10 top 15 players so um march madness starts march or march 8th um crazy (laughs) (laughs) you're a fucking idiot (laughs) illinois yeah Uh, I'd love to see Illinois. And after, I mean, for a long time, my pick was Baylor just because it seemed, you know, pretty realistic. They, you know, they dropped their one game that they're supposed to because they weren't going to go into the tournament undefeated. But after seeing that fucking ass whooping of Michigan, I think I'm sticking with Illinois. Bro, right? they beat the shit out of Michigan. And Michigan, without I Iowa. honestly thought was the best team in the nation, better than Baylor, better than Gonzaga. I thought Michigan was the team. Illinois fucked them up. Yeah, they did. It was insane. And I remember listening to um, the Cap Cap and Jay Hood show, which uh, we're gonna have Cap on the show uh, later today. Um, and he was Cap was even saying he was like, "Hey man, this was the day before the game." And he was like, "Even if we lose 65-61, I'll, I'll still be happy." You know, if Illinois loses to Michigan, sixty-five, sixty-one. But if they lose by twenty, then we got something to worry about. You know, it was a statement game, and the fact that we blew them out of the water without one of our best players, bro. <laughs> That's fucking roll. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Feels like 2005. All right, Chris, ready for our bets tonight? Yes, sir, Mikey bets. All right. And where can we we place those? You can fire these bets away uh, right before you take my advice at LEOFantasysports.com slash MikeyBets or you can go to MikeyBets.com. You can just check me out. You can see what I'm about. Uh, All right, so uh, tonight... 
Gonzaga is gonna win that one. Um, the Knights are gonna be at the Wild. Who'd you go to? Who goes? Dude, you got a fucking turkey leg. If I if I were to go back to medieval times right now, you know what? Actually, we should do that for the Mikey Bat show. We should have uh, we should go. Just don't go to a live. Should do a live at the. Live on the Mikey Bet Show at Medieval Times. <laughs> this, shit is off. this show is off the rails. <laughs> Can you imagine? We're trying to do a fucking show in the middle. We're getting speared by a guy in a horse. We got an interview swords. with the Green Knight coming. <laughs> hey, Chris, so what do you think of the overrun? On God, on God. And Chris has just been stabbed. <laughs> You just hear a fucking ambulance for the next hour of the tape. And then we, yeah, we just, pros- like, we just continue it in the ambulance. Wee, wee, you place your bets at MikeyBets.com. Wee, wee. Dude, that's my, um, that's my, uh, voice for an ambulance. All right, we gotta get back to these bets. All right, and then I have, uh, I do, like, the Oilers against the Senators. The Senators are trash this year. They're eight and seventeen and one. Only uh, have seventeen points this year versus uh, compared to the Oilers twenty eight. So I'm gonna hammer it on the Oilers. Let's go with uh, Avalanche Coyotes is gonna be tough. Uh, if you look at it, they're basically the same team. Uh, if you look at it face to face, or not at all, not entirely. But uh, I'm gonna go with the underdogs on this one. I'm gonna hit the Coyote. Uh, I'm going to go with the Coyotes. Um, the Canucks or the Canadians. Uh, I never go with uh, the Canucks. I'll go with the Canadians. Um, Ducks? Chris, what do you think about the Ducks this year? They just do not have it. They do never not have money, Ducks. Never been. Yeah, the Ducks haven't been the same since they lost Fulton Reed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been sad. They're, Fulton Reed. They're still a powerhouse. You know, the Ducks, they're, they're the Ducks. Man, to go get his gerbil. Like, come on. Oh, hey, man. man. <laughs> got all, I got all the hits. I got all the hits. Dude, just throw those in the fucking trash. All right, uh, Kings Ducks. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Kings on this one, obviously. Um, and then uh, Chris, what do you think about the Ducks this year? They just haven't been the same, you said. Since no, uh, says who? Just struggling. Yeah, they they've been uh they haven't been the best this year. And then the Blues against the Sharks. Who do you guys like? Blues. Do you like the Blues? Blues are going to hammer it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the over-unders this week have been boring because the All-Star game took place and uh, there was no really really no NBA. Um, I'm going to assume that uh, Devin Booker won the three-point contest, and I'm going to assume Well, he's that, hurt, isn't he? Is that motherfucker really hurt? Yeah, they uh, replaced him with Mike Conley. That oh, what the fuck for what? That guy. All right. That's yeah, I was so wondering. Stupid. I was wondering why too. 
That's so fucking dumb. That's like me replacing my flat tire with a washing machine. It doesn't make any sense. What the fuck? Yeah, that's <laughs> a crazy analogy. <laughs> but it made sense. Oh, my phone just dropped. But it made sense, didn't it? It did. It's I, the Mikey Bed Show. The Mikey Bed Show. We all love the Mikey Bed Show. I cannot believe that guy sang that song. What a goofball. Um, sorry, what did you say, Chris? I was going to say, I think at least in that acknowledge, analogy, I should say, um, I think Mike Conley would also be a tire at least. Well, all right, let's wrap up the show. All right, so that was the uh, that was the bets on this slow week. Hopefully uh, Wednesday when the NBA starts picking up, we're going to have something better next week. But I hope oh, you guys, absolutely. yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed Cap. I hope you guys, en- go ahead. No, I was going to say that's why it was good timing that the cap interview lengthy, but uh, informative one. Yeah. And uh, and it's a good lesson and it's coming at, coming at a good week for us, which is a slow week, we should say. Yeah, cap really is the best, dude. Uh, it's it, it's awesome how, uh, I don't know, it, it, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. There's nothing bad I can say about him. So uh, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate Cap coming on, and I appreciate um, Frank Detain coming back on and singing a little song for us. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Dude, I, I know it's. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, this this one has been we we uh, definitely got carried away with the uh, the celebrations this week and winning this week so uh we apologize but this has been a great show cap has been amazing mando you've been amazing chris you are always amazing appreciate it and uh this was the mikey betts show this this was a train wreck but this was probably the best mikey betts show we've had in a while because uh i probably will wake up tomorrow and say say otherwise but uh yeah (laughs) it was a good one had a good time We'll see. Yeah, time. this was uh, enjoyable for sure, but we'll see how good of a listen it is. Chris is going to have a hell of a time editing this one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate it. All right, guys, with that, I love you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, all right? Take it sleazy. Peace. All right, guys, we have the one and only Dave Kaplan, a.k.a. The Catman, uh, always on ESPN 1000. You can check him out from 7 to t- seven to 12, uh, usually 7 to 10, uh, Captain Jay Hood show on ESPN 1000. How you doing, Cap? I'm doing very, very well. I'm in Connecticut as I speak to you. I got to do the Atlantic 10 tournament uh, tomorrow and Friday, which I've done it for, I don't know, 12 years, I think. I think it's my 12th year doing the Atlantic 10. And it's just odd because I'm always at the tournament, either in Brooklyn, Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, somewhere like that and now we're calling it from a studio because they won't let us on site because of covid so it'll be an unusual experience so what's that like uh going through like the whole covid what what would be different this year obviously i know the fans and i know stuff like that but what really stands out to you when you when you go on these uh you go on these trips is it fun even to go on these trips or uh well i mean we haven't traveled all year other than if it was by car i had uh Game at Illinois State. I had two games at Bradley. I had two at Valparaiso. I had one at Loyola. And I did not do any of the Atlantic 10. And I've been their lead analyst, as I said, for 12 years. 
did not do a single game this year because of COVID. They wouldn't let us travel. And then they called last week and said, hey, big guy, we need you to do the tournament. So I flew today to uh, LaGuardia, and then they had a car service pick me up, took me to Stamford, Connecticut, where NBC headquarters are. And we'll be working out of a studio where they'll have monitors for us with the games. And, you know, I'll be masked. My play-by-play partner and I will not be on camera, which is unusual. So I'm always, you know, a guy who likes his clothes and I'll wear a suit <laughs> and a cool yeah. sport coat. And tomorrow I'll be in a warm-up and a hoodie. That has to take a little – does that take any pressure off at all? I mean, I don't know if you feel any pressure when, when doing – when calling games and whatnot, but knowing you're not on camera, does that take any any nerves no. nerves away or anything? Not really. Um, first of all, I've been doing this so long that if I'm getting nervous doing a game, I got issues. Right, so, right. <laughs> so I've been doing games since 1987, so – been a long long time and it's fun i love doing it i'm very blessed i get to do radio i get to do a television show i get to host you know i did the cubs for 25 years radio or tv pre-post host Uh, i fill in on the bulls occasionally when jason goff is off i host our bears coverage in studio and then other than this year i travel every single weekend i would literally get off the radio car service to O'Hare I'm on a flight and I'm going to somewhere in the Atlantic 10 or the Big 10 or the Big West or wherever they send me I would do a game on Saturday and then either fly somewhere else to do a game Sunday and then fly home or come home after my game on Saturday so this has been a very unusual set of circumstances to you know we do the open on camera when I'm at the arena and this year, the five or six games I was in the Missouri Valley, we did the open and the game with a mask on. It was just different. Wow. Dude, that sounds exhausting. Do you ever get tired? Do you ever, do you ever just like sleep? I feel like there was nothing in that, in that whole of your explanation of everything that you do. Do you, where, where do you find your downtime? I know you, uh, you partake in a little bit of puffing uh, the magic dragon once or twice, but where do you find your downtime and time to relax? So now with COVID, it's different because I'm doing morning drive radio mm-hmm. and I come home after that. I work out six days a week. I get a guy that trains me. That's like one of my passions in life. And then uh, my TV stuff, other than the Bears this year, has pretty much been on Zoom. And so I'm at home. And I'll hang out with my dogs till my wife comes home. She works out. And then nine times out of 10, I'm the guy cooking dinner. And then we watch TV at night. A normal year, then it was totally different. It was, I was doing cap and company then. So I was nine to noon as opposed to seven to 10. And it was, you know, get up super early, be in the gym before the show, do the show nine to noon, then go back to the gym and do cardio, eat lunch, kind of chill for an hour, hang out, and then go do sports talk live. And then in the baseball season, I would have pregame at 6.30 at night, stay there with either Todd Hollinsworth or David DeJesus, eat dinner, watch the Cub game, do the post game when they had a night game, and then 
get home at 1130 at night, get up in the morning and do it all again. So that's not that lifestyle is not for everyone. I understand it, but it worked for me. It worked for my wife. My kids understood it and it was awesome. I loved it. So what what really led you to the path to become such a uh, so to get such a passion, I guess you would say, uh, to what you do, to being such a Chicago legend, uh, sports media guy. I don't want to call you a legend because I know that makes you seem old, but uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, here's the deal my brother is an, an icon. Eye surgeon. Icon, there you go. Thanks. We'll say icon. You're too, you're too, you're too kind. My brother is an eye surgeon who was trained at the Mayo Clinic. My late father was a very good attorney. My late mother was a dietitian, and I was just not as academically motivated as they were. You know, my brother's valedictorian. My dad was summa cum laude of his law school class. My mom was number one in her dietary class. And then there was me. And I was the guy who, if you said, hey, man, you got a big test in school tomorrow, but guess what? The Lakers are playing the Celtics tonight, and it's a big game. I'm going to watch the Lakers and the Celtics. I'll figure out my homework later. And then I got into college, and I started to mature. And then as I was graduating college, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I'd been a high school basketball assistant coach for one season my senior year of college. And my parents wanted me desperately to go to law school. I had zero interest in any more of higher education. I got my degree. I actually got accepted to law school and had zero interest, as I said, in going. And so I graduate college. I pick up the phone. One thing I do have is a photographic memory. And I call Purdue University because... I was looking at the newspaper. You guys know what a newspaper is? <laughs> I think so. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah back in the day. Exactly. <laughs> so I open up the paper and there's this little column every day. It's still there called transactions. It's in the agate type. And it says, you know, Chicago Cubs fired this guy, signed that guy, Purdue University fired their assistant basketball coach. I am 21 years of age with one year of high school school, junior varsity coaching, and the assistant varsity coach. And I'm this naive. Purdue fired their assistant. I can do that job. And so I picked up the phone. I called directory assistants. They don't have directory assistants anymore because you got Google. You can find every phone number on a computer. Well, there were no computers. There were no cell phones. It was a different world. And so I call 411, directory assistants. How may I help you? Yeah, do you have the number for Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana? <laughs> yes, we do. They give, they give me the number. Now, I know who the coach is because he's a Hall of Famer. His name was Gene Cady. Gene Cady, yeah. Right. Now, I have not called that number in 25, 30 years. And I can tell you that that number, the area code may have changed because they've added all these area codes. But I can tell you, I'll bet you a million dollars if you call that number, 317-494-3214, I'll bet you that's still the number to the Purdue basketball office. Yeah, I and bet it is. the secretary answers the phone. Purdue basketball, I said, hi, Coach Katie, please. Now, Coach Katie, 
when back then was as big then as Tom Izzo is today. So just to put in perspective, mm-hmm. and she said, who's calling? David Kaplan from Kellogg High School in Roselle, Minnesota. All right, hold on. He takes the call. This is May of 1982. And he's like, Coach Katie. I said, Coach, my name's David Kaplan. I saw you fired your assistant coach, and I'd like to apply for that job. Uh Uh-huh. Where are you coaching now? Kellogg High School in Minnesota. Are you the head coach? No, sir. The assistant. You have any players that you could bring with you that could play in the Big Ten? No, sir. We're not very good. He said, how, how, how old are you, young man? 21. He's like, I admire the uh, go get them attitude, but right. call me back in 10 years, get some experience. And he hangs up. And I hang up and I'm pissed. Like, how can this guy not know I can do that job? That's how naive I was. And so yeah. the next day, I'm sitting at my parents' kitchen table. I'm eating Frosted Flakes, my favorite cereal. And I open up the same Chicago Sun-Times the next day. And it says, Northern Illinois University announced the resignation of assistant basketball coach Mark Coombs. And he's becoming a new junior college head coach. I'm like, all right, I don't know who the coach at Northern is. I knew who Gene Cady was. I have no idea who the coach <laughs> at Northern is. So I call. It's 411, directory assistance. Yeah, do you have a number for Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, Illinois? Yeah, 815-753-1000. So I call it, Northern Illinois University. Yes, hi, ma'am. Who is your head men's basketball coach? John McDougal. Would you like me to transfer you? Yes. Oh, by the way, his number is 753-1633. Now, Coach Katie, Purdue, is big time. They had a secretary. Northern, they don't have a secretary. It's a small operation. He answers the phone himself. Right. Basketball coach McDougal. And I said, Hey, Coach McDougal, my name's David Kaplan. I'm calling from Kellogg High School in Minnesota, and I would like to be your assistant. I saw your guy just resign. Uh, how old are you? What's your level of experience? And I tell him, He's like, Yeah, son, I, I appreciate you reaching out. No chance. I got to hire someone with college experience. Well, if he was still alive, he would tell you, I only agreed to talk to this guy because the SOB wouldn't get off the phone. (laughs) I kept grinding on this guy going, coach, I'm telling you I can do this job. Just let me drive to DeKalb tomorrow and meet you. You can't get the job. I got to have someone experience the college game. Coach, just let me drive out there. Fine. 9 a.m. tomorrow. I borrow a tie from my dad. I drive to DeKalb, Illinois. And you know how you meet somebody and in like eight tenths of a second, you're like, I'm going to marry that girl or that's going to be my best friend or I don't like that person. Like, you know, right away, whether you like him or not. Right. I walk in the office. I, I'm 21. He's 64. And I'm like, that guy's awesome. That guy's awesome. And we take a three hour walk around campus. He shows me the arena. He shows me the locker rooms. He shows me the dorm where the players live. That's where they take classes. That's the student union. That's where they eat. And we get done. We get a cup of coffee. It's a beautiful, beautiful summer day in May. We walk back to the arena where his office is. And he shakes my hand. He said, David, thanks for coming up. You're a hell of a nice young man. 
and you're utterly unqualified for this job. And I oh. said, oh, trust me, I can do this. I'm sure you think you can. My AD would never let me hire a guy who has zero experience, but thanks for coming. I get in the car and I'm literally almost in tears. How can this guy possibly not see that I know what I'm doing? And now what am I going to do? I guess I'm going to law school. So I commit that I'm going to go to law school with zero interest in doing it. And it's now August. I am 10 days from starting law school. And I go, I save my money. I was a beer vendor at White Sox games and Cubs games. Save my money. And I go to a two-day Hubie Brown, Mike Fratello basketball clinic in Milwaukee. And I get paged. Again, there's no cell phone to call you on. <laughs> they page me at this clinic. There's 600 coaches there from around the Midwest. Yeah, David Kaplan, you have a phone call at the front desk of the hotel. We're at the Hyatt. So I go out there. Who the hell is calling me? I walk up. They're like, yeah, your mom has been trying to reach you. I'm like, well, this can't be a good call. Something's got to be wrong. Right. Call home. Honey, where, I've been trying to reach you. Didn't you get your messages? No. Well, Coach McDougal called from Northern and said he has to talk to you today. Now, he's already hired somebody for the other job. And ironically, the guy he hired was the guy that got fired at Purdue. And Bro. I call him back and he's like, oh, thank goodness you got to me. He said, hey, I hired someone else for the other job, but I have a third assistant. The title is called part-time assistant, which means part-time money, full-time hours. I'm of course. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> said, before I offer it to anyone else, if you want the job, it's yours. It pays $4,200 a year, and you're going to work about 80 hours a week. And now I'm leaving for law school in 10 days. <laughs> and my response to him on the phone is, like a normal human probably goes, all right, let me think about it. And my response to him is, done, I'm in. He's like, excuse me? <laughs> that quickly? What about law school? I said, Fuck law school. There you go. This is what I want to do. I'm in. The hell with law school. And so a week later, he said, I need you next Friday. We start, you know, preseason camp. I said, okay, I'll be there. Come home that night. Tell my parents, I got to have a serious talk with you. My mom says, oh, God, who did you get pregnant? I'm like, right. no, no, <laughs> nothing like that. I'm not going to law school. I'm chasing my dream. I got hired at Northern Illinois. I'm the youngest assistant in Division One, And my parents, God bless them, rest their soul. They said, well, we're not wealthy people, but we will do all we can to help you. You don't have any kids. You're not married. If this is what you want to do, you got to chase your dream. But if you're going to do that, you got to go all in, 100,000%. It's not, oh, kind of do it, and I'll see. Either do it the right way or don't do it at all. And so I said, I am. And that's where it started. I was there four years. I spent four years in the NBA scouting for the Sonics, who became the Thunder. I spent two more years with uh, the Indiana Pacers. And then I got the biggest break of my life to do a basketball game on TV. I got a call from... Some guy in 1987, he said, hey, man, I heard you used to be a coach. Yes. 
Have you ever done television? Because our analysts got snowed in, and we have DePaul and I think it was Loyola Marymount playing at the Allstate Arena. Have you ever done TV? Now, many years later, I ran into that guy and said, what if I told you I'd never done TV? He goes, I would never have given you the gig. Well, my <laughs> response to him was, oh, I've done a ton of TV. Now, I've never done anything but watch TV. He oh, said, you have? Yeah. I said, yeah, I have. He said, can you do this game? I did it. It was what I was born to do. He gave me eight more the rest of the year, and that was 1987, and here we are. Dude, it's just crazy to see the the – the way that life takes you down the path. Like if you would have made one different decision, how you might be a fucking lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you might be in law school. If right. a, a certain phone call didn't get your way or a certain, uh, a, a, you didn't take a certain step. So it's just, to me, that, that shit's always so, so amazing. And it's just like, it's crazy to hear they all opened, that. And... Mikey, they opened the door a sliver. You kicked the son of a bitch in. Oh, and hell if you yeah. truly want it, if you truly want to do something, I don't care if it's being an Uber driver. If you're passionate about being an Uber driver, God bless you. You'll be the best Uber driver in the world. Yeah. If you want to be a doctor, you'll be awesome. If you're truly, I mean, it's easy to go. I want to be a sports announcer, but then you realize, Oh God, I'm working overnights to start and I'm in some crappy shitty little town and I'm making no money. And my girlfriend doesn't understand why I'm working these hours and she's on me. And my friends are like, Hey man, we're going downtown to the bars. You want to go? No, I got to go cover this high school football game. And most guys and gals fall to the wayside. But if it's truly what you want to do, then put your plums on the line and go get it. Exactly, dude. I, I, Love I feel it. like I could just run awesome. through a brick wall right now. I just had a hype up cap right? segment, dude. I'm oh my gosh! I'm about to go to the gym yeah. right now. Oh fuck yeah! Get him! Yeah, for I have on my arm. I have a tattoo on my arm. There my we go. tattoo right there. Yeah. One of four that says "Live Life All In." I love that. Hell yeah! The first tattoo I ever got, and that's how I live. Live life all in. Period. See, I wish I had such a meaningful uh, tattoo. I have a, I have Charlie Brown. I have Snoopy uh, right by my thigh. I don't want to show it because I'll have to take my pants off and then it won't be a PG-13. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got a shark. My, my spirit animal, you'll see right there. I got a big shark on my arm. Oh, hell yeah. Right there. I you got, got a Chicago, right? Chicago. Yeah. Right there. And then right up top, I've got... It's a unity symbol with a heart and three paws because I got three dogs. You know, and they're paws in red. And let me just tell you, the shark is my spirit animal because what do sharks do when they sleep? They never sleep. I thought they keep moving. Oh, I yeah, was gonna yeah. say they, they're when they, they don't sleep, stay still. they keep moving, and that's my mantra: never effing stop. Because you know what it does? It really pisses the shit out of your competition. God damn. That son of a bitch doesn't stop. Exactly. That's what motivates me. It's not, it's, it's the process. It's the chase. Like I'm doing this with you. I'm going to go through my notes real quick for the games tomorrow. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to do my radio show back to Chicago. And then I'm going to go right to the studio. I'm going to do two basketball games. It never stops, but it's not work. 
It's freaking, I'm playing at Disneyland every day. Yeah, mm. it's fun. Now, in the middle of all that, in the middle of doing the interviews, when are you going to roll that doobie and smoke it? When When are you getting in that? When are you going to do that? Those guys, wait, I'm not. Those guys way Dude, overblow that. Have what I? What was that? Yes, I have. What was that on uh, that was on tobacco Twitch? that had like freaking branches in there. Oh yeah, my god! They brought me a bag of tobacco that had sticks. It was impossible. Oh impossible. my goodness gracious, dude! I love, I love grinder and let me grind stuff up. Yeah, as long as you grind it. Yeah. See, uh, my my buddy Chris, uh, he's more of the uh, the pot guy. I used to be the pot guy, and then I got a girlfriend. But uh, uh, Chris is the pot guy, and he <laughs> he's a big edible guy. Wait a minute. Your your what your girlfriend oh, no. is what you get to do? No, no, that's not. Yeah, what I'm I was saying. gonna say you. That's not uh... what I'm saying. I'm just <laughs> saying I, I caught back because I used to smoke maybe a little bit more than I should have. Um, but no, she definitely. Yeah, she. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I, I'm yeah, more whipped. That's different. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm getting high every day. I mean, no, I'm here in my hotel room. I'm not getting high. It's, are you are you high right now? If I'm are going you... out, it's legal. Cap, are you high right no. now? Come on, don't no. lie. <laughs> no, I'm not. just kidding. Um, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. One question I had, I wanted to get into sports, but I, I wanted to ask you right before we got into sports is uh, I always was concerned, uh, which Chicago media guy like pisses you off the most or, or like gets on your nerves the most? You hear his take and you're just like, Dude, what? what is this guy talking about? Like, what? what is the, yeah, go ahead. That's a, that's a hard one. Uh, I don't think yeah, I don't think I have anybody that really – everybody's got their own style and because that style may not be my style. I'm sure – in fact, I know there are plenty of people that go, I freaking hate that guy's style because I'm in your face, man. Mm-hmm. I am. Well, I'm let's... going to go at you, and I may be wrong, and I'll admit when I'm wrong. Believe me, I've made more than my share of mistakes, but I'm going to keep getting up to the plate and swinging. And I'm going to come at you. Yes, you come on the air with a weak-ass take. I'm going to say something to you. It may not be for that guy or that guy or that gal. That's just me, man. I'm opinionated, and I don't apologize for it. Well, we know you're opinionated because uh, that's that's a reason that certain people block you on uh, Twitter. I know I uh, I go to the cigar shop with – I don't go with him, but uh, Brad Biggs goes to the same cigar shop as me. And uh, I know that you guys have a little bit of beef. I know it's not mostly on your end. Can you uh, can you give us that story on how that little beef started? Okay, it was at the start of it, it was all my fault. Okay, it was all my fault. How was this your fault, though? I mean, it was all my fault. Okay, so what what it did? What here's what happened? I was doing sports talk live. And I had Adam Johns and Jeff Dickerson in the studio. And Adam Johns and Jeff Dickerson and I are having this discussion about Mark Trestman and the Bears and all these guys that were having pulled hamstrings. I'm like, guys, can we not have any pulled hamstrings this year? And their response to me is, well, we actually now the Bears do this conditioning test. And I said, oh, I'll bet that thing's just really tough. That was some flip remark. And they said, no, actually, they had all the members of the media that wanted to do it. 
take the conditioning test, run around the cones, do the 40 yard that like this whole thing. And my response was, huh, I wonder what Big's time was at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh. that's all I said. And then I looked at the camera. I'm like, Wait, just kidding, Big Z. What do you just mean? Kidding. That's all you said. That's it. That's it. That's all you said. That's it. You didn't like call him husky. No. You, didn't, you didn't. You didn't even say nothing no. bad. I just said, I wonder what Big's time was in that because he's a bigger guy. So Dude. I get done with the show, and on my show, on my phone, I get a text, and it is not a kind, flattering text, basically telling me to go do something to myself. And he is furious with me. So I immediately call him, goes to voicemail. I call his house, because I have that number. Goes to voicemail. I text him, no response. I email him, no response. I'm like, all right, he's really pissed. I'll wait till tomorrow. The next day, I try all those avenues again, no response. So I write him this heartfelt letter Dear Brad, I'm an asshole. I was wrong. It was a flip remark. I'm sorry I offended you. And I apologize. Can we move past this? Doesn't respond. So I wait, I don't know, a week. I try all the calls again, nothing. So I write him an even more heartfelt letter <laughs> about, come on, man, life's too short. I really like you. I think you're you know, great on the show. And I apologize. And to this day, he has never responded to any of it. A couple of good friends of mine who are friends of his have said to him, dude, come on, man. And he's like, nope, I'll never speak to that guy again. And then I was at a wake for a friend of mine's wife who passed away. And as I was walking out, I saw him in the parking lot. So I stopped while he was talking to someone. I waited you know, off to the side. And as soon as they finished their conversation, I said, excuse me, Brad. Can I have a second? He goes, nope, I will never speak to you again. I Holy said, Brad, cow, it dude. was a flip remark. I apologize. And he would not speak to me. To this day, he will not speak to me. <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter. And at that point, I went, okay, I've tried to apologize 5,000 times. I think we're carrying this to a crazy extreme, but you mm -hmm. do you, man. And so I, simply because of him, because he's got great info. He's a great Bears reporter. I signed up for a second Twitter account with a name that no one would ever know. I set up the alerts so that when they tweet, it pops to the on my screen. Like if <laughs> my phone's on the charger. You know how you get like <laughs> messages that will pop up? Mm -hmm. It will say, Brad Biggs just tweeted. Take that. I go to my regular account, I'm blocked. And so I get all his tweets even faster. So I don't even have to open Twitter. So. That's the story. Again, I would like to clear the air with the guy. He has no interest. That's his call. Well, the key to his heart would probably be, probably be a cigar. So maybe when I'm at the cigar shop, I can uh, try to be a mediator there. But, dude. Yeah, just t tell him I'll buy him a nice cigar. After I heard that story, it kind of makes me want to wonder what, what he actually got on the workout thing. You know, I, uh, I don't think he did it. Yeah, there's no chance. I don't I think a lot of guys. I think only a handful of guys did it. Oh man. Um, speaking of bears, do we have a shot? Do we have a shot with, with Russell or do we have a shot with Deshaun or are we just going to, I, I actually think they do have a shot. Now, again, 
I'm not predicting they're getting one of those guys. What I'm saying to you is I've been told by people who would know, who are close to Matt and Ryan, that they're all in. Tell me the price. Just call, They've called both teams and said, what's the price? What is the price? What do you want? But right now, Seattle's saying we're not trading him, and Houston's dug their heels in and saying he's not available. We are not trading him. Now, that's easy to say on March the 3rd. Let's mm-hmm. find out what he does if the, when the, you know, right when the draft is happening. If he, because people close to him have said, dude, he'll literally leave $20 million on the table. He is not ever playing for them again. Now, is that true? Is that not true? We'll find out. But I can tell you, if he gets moved, the Bears will probably try to trump any offer. They just don't have a young quarterback to put back in a deal. They need they need to find yeah they need to uh, they need to be ballsy this time. I'm tired. I, even that 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 press conf- conference. What was that Wednesday night where you had Pace up there just giving uh, he was getting lob questions and they were just oh well I'm fired up we're uh, we're really gonna get there and, and it, it, it just collaboration. doesn't yeah collaboration in uh, 1997 well, Toyota. Let me ask you guys this: <laughs> What do you expect him to say? Do you expect him to say? Hey, I'll put this in a deal or I'm trying to, first of all, I can't talk about anybody that's under contract with another mm-hmm. team. He's not going to overplay his hand. Cause if you say we're not getting outbid, that is just sending up smoke signals to every agent. Right. Hey, hold the bears hostage. We need to look, would I have changed the, the dynamic up there? I would have, mm-hmm. but I don't own the team. So if they chose to keep these guys, then they need to get out of their way and let them do their job. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I hope so. I, I and I feel like their excuse is, well, we made the playoffs two out of three times of the year, and and we'll, our progression is up, and and they don't have a lot of feedback from the fans this year because we weren't there to boo them, you know. So, yep. uh, it's just a shit. It's a, it's a dumpster fire sometimes when I look at the Bears. Uh, but then it can go from a dumpster. Yeah, it could go from a dumpster fire, but it can also go to, hey, we might have a chance. And it's it's so crazy how reactive we are in Chicago. Uh, same thing with the Bulls scenario. Well, you look at the Bulls, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were this year. Uh, they're amazing, you know. Just won again tonight. They just won yep. at New Orleans. Yeah, I won. Uh, I put so, 50 on them. And uh, Amazing what a competent coach does. Um, kind of want to get into the story of, yeah. Ex- okay, yeah. So what's the difference? Like, we really didn't do anything besides the addition of Patrick Williams. And uh, maybe Temple. Yeah, and you added Garrett Temple, who's, you know, he's not a great player, but he's a very, very critical piece because he is a pro's pro. That's what he is. He's a pro. And when you look at Thaddeus Young and Garrett Temple and Zach Levine, these are pros, man. These guys take it seriously. And I will tell you, I love to make plays on different sporting events. I love to gamble. And I was watching a game one night. This is a couple of weeks ago, and the Bulls lost a really tough game in a game where they kind of melted down down the stretch. And after the game ended, they showed a shot. There was Zach Levine, Garrett Temple, Thaddeus Young, the three best leaders on that team. And they are standing out near the scorer's table, and Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young are explaining things to Zach. They're showing him positioning with their body. 
They're pointing at different spots on the floor. This is after the game. Mm-hmm. Now, this is guys who all have millions of dollars. They could very easily have said, all right, whatever, we lost. They are pros, man. They're competitors. And my wife and I are watching this, and the camera stayed on them for a good 60 seconds. And she's not a gambler. She has a points bet account. She'll make a couple plays during a Super Bowl or occasional thing. But she watches the games with me. She Mm -hmm. loves sports. She turns. She goes, you need to bet on that team the next time they play. And I said, tell me why, hon, because I feel the same way. She said, because those three guys right there actually care. They actually care about why they lost. And I'm telling you, they're going to come out and play well. And so the next game they played, my wife and I both bet the Bulls. And son of a bitch, was she right? <laughs> they won and won convincingly. That's amazing. Hell yeah. I, it's it's fun to bet on the, the Bulls this year. It's even fun, surprisingly, to bet on the Knicks. The Knicks have been surprising too, but I don't even want to talk about my them. My boy, right now. Tom Thibodeau. I Let's go. Him. Yes. Yes. And Derrick Rose is back there. So, I mean, that's cool. pretty cool too. Uh so, since we're talking about the Bulls, can you give us the Scottie Pippen story? I really want to hear it. Um, I'm a huge fan of that story with uh, your influence on uh, how we stopped that little trade. So, back in 1989, I get a phone call from this guy. His name was Bob. Bob calls me. He says, hey, I got your number from Chet Kopic, who was the legendary sportscaster who died a couple of years ago. He mm-hmm. said, I called the show and asked how I could get in touch with you. And they gave me your number. And I said, yeah, how can I help you, sir? He said, I'm starting my own trading card company. And it's going to be on rookie cards. So when a player gets drafted, we're going to do them in their college uniform. And it'll come out around the time of the draft. Because once you're in the NBA, you end up in your NBA uniform. So these will be the first of its kind college uniform cards and it was this new company that he was starting and he wanted me to write the backs of the cards and pick the players to be in the set because I was scouting in the NBA so I knew everybody in the draft well I said yeah done paid me I don't know it wasn't a ton of money couple grand I think it was to do this whole set and it was a ton of work well I also had to negotiate with the agents to get these players to sign their rights over to do the card. Well, if you're a player coming out in college, call it Gary Payton. And I call you up and say, hey, man, I'll give you $5,000. Let us put you on this college trading card. And your eligibility ended yesterday. You got knocked out of the tournament. I'll have your money to you in 24 hours. Done. He's going to have five grand in his pocket. What, what does he care? So I get to know all the agents. I mean all of the agents. And I'm talking the biggest names of the biggest names. And these guys are calling me at all hours of the day and night. Hey, man, uh, any chance that you could put this guy in your set? And we had a limited number. I think it was – there was uh, 56 players, I think, being drafted at the time, 54 and I had two extra cards. That was it. So if I picked too many guys that didn't get drafted, that's a shitty set. So I had to be, I had to nail the draft. And so as the years went by, one year, two years, 
I'm getting Tony Kukoc's rookie card. Like I'm putting some really impactful guys in there. And I am at the draft in 1994. The NBA draft was in Indianapolis. I am on the elevator. I had gone down there with my cameraman, who's my cameraman to this day. From 1994 to this day, I have the same camera guy, Jeff Corbett. We go down and interview the number one pick at 11 a.m. Because one of these agents said, hey, you've been really good to me. Why don't you drive down, bring your camera guy. You can interview my three clients. His three clients were Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Three of the top five guys. Mm-hmm. So I go down there. We do the interviews. Get in the elevator. We're going to drive the tapes back to Chicago because now you send them digitally. Back then, you didn't have that capability. So I get on the elevator, and this guy's staring at me in the elevator. And I'm looking at him, and he's staring at me. I said, hey, man, can I, can I help you? He's like, are you David Kaplan? I said, I am. He said, hey, man, I'm going to be seeing a lot more of you. I said, who are you? He said, I represent Sean Kemp. Remember the Rain Man? Oh, yeah. And he said, Sean just got traded to the Chicago Bulls five minutes ago. And I got to go meet his plane in Chicago. He's got to pass a physical right now before the draft tonight. I said, hold on a second. Sean Kemp is a freaking star. Who in the hell are the Bulls giving up to get Sean Kemp? And he goes, Scotty Pippen. And I went, go after yourself. We're not trading Scotty Pippen. He said, dude, I'm telling you, it's a done deal. It's done. Now, I cannot go on the air on the musings of a maniac that I meet in an elevator. I don't know who this guy is. I had never met this guy, but I knew the two agents that he worked for, I had dealt with them. So I call these two guys, Tony and James. And one of them answers the phone. Hey, Cap, what's up, man? I said, hey, you guys have Sean Kemp, right? Yep. Did he just get traded to the Bulls? They're like, where'd you get that? I said, I got a source. Uh, Yes, he did just get traded to the Bulls, but he's got to pass a physical. I'm like, holy shit. They're like, yeah. (laughs) Ricky Pierce, Sean Kemp. And the number, I think, 11 pick for Scottie Pippen. So I called back to, at the time, it was called WMVP. Now it's ESPN 1000. I call there. I'm like, put me on the air right now. They put me on the air, and I break this story. And it goes freaking viral. There's no Twitter. There's no Facebook. There's no Internet. But it is everywhere. And now I get a phone call from KJR Radio in Seattle, Washington. Hey, man, are you reporting that Sean Kemp just got traded? I am. Would you come on our sports show right now? Sure. They put me on. I say what's going on. Within two hours, they've had 1,000 people cancel season tickets because that's the freaking rain man. They Mm -hmm. love that guy, even though he had issues off the floor. They couldn't wait to trade him. And they were getting back one of the 50 greatest players to their fans. No, 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 That's our guy. You can't trade our guy. So the owner goes into the coach, George Carl, and the president, Bob Witsit, and says, yeah, I ain't signing off on that trade. We just had 1,000 people cancel tickets. I'm not signing off on the trade. So the trade doesn't happen. 
I get destroyed. The score is killing me. I got national reporters killing me. And obviously the trade doesn't go down. So now I'm also an AAU coach at the time. And I had Donnie Boyce, Sherelle Ford, and Michael Finley all played for me from Proviso East. They were called the Three Amigos. They Donnie went to Colorado, Sherelle to Illinois, Chicago, and Michael to Wisconsin. But they won the state title in Illinois, and all three guys were picked in the first round of the NBA draft. So I get a phone call from this guy. His name is Mark Warkentine. He is the player personnel director of the Portland Trailblazers. He calls me. He's like, Cat, it's Mark Warkentine. I knew him when he was an assistant at UNLV back in my scouting days. I said, hey, Wark, what's up? Hey, man, I'm flying in for the pre-draft camp. Any chance you would have breakfast with me, we'd like to interview you about three of your players. They listed you on their NBA whatever form you fill out as a reference. I said, yeah, who, who are they? He names the three guys. I said, yeah. I meet him at the Fairmont Hotel in Chicago in June. He's in town for the pre-draft camp, which is at the University of Illinois, Chicago at the time. And we sit down. I'm like, Wark, I lost touch with you, man, when you left Vegas. Where did you go? He said, well, I'm in Portland now. But he goes, I was working for the Seattle Sonics until Bob left the Sonics. He took me with him to Portland. I'm like, hang on a second. What years were you with the Sonics? He tells me. I'm like, did you guys make a trade, Scottie Pippen, for Sean Kemp and some other shit? He said, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. It's a very sore subject. I'm like, you want my info? I got to know. He said, all right, I'll tell you what happened. Jerry Krause leaked it to some guy in the Chicago media, and that asshole blew up the trade because he reported it, and our fan base went ballistic, and our owner pulled the plug on the trade. I go, that's entirely not accurate. He looks at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, number one, I'm the asshole in the Chicago media. <laughs> it. And number two, Jerry Krause had nothing to do with it. Oh, He's like, yeah. no, I know he did. I said, Jerry Krause and I didn't get along. I promise you, I got it from Sean's agent. He's like, oh, my God. That's how you got it? He goes, dude, as God is my witness, if you don't report that, the trade goes through, it's done. He said, Jerry Krause offered us a million dollars on top of it to make the deal. We said, we can't. Our owner won't make it. Make it $2 million, $3 million. We, it, Jerry, it doesn't matter. Our owner won't approve the trade. So the trade dies. I know I've been vindicated. Now, 2010, one of my best friends, he flew from Hawaii to be at my wedding, Rick Majerus dies and i go to his funeral the funeral is at the on the campus of marquette university in milwaukee where he used to coach and he lived up there i'm in the church it's on a saturday we're all milling around until the funeral starts and who do i see george carl he's the coach of the sonics back then and i back in 94 i walk up to him stick my hand out hey george uh, my name is David Kaplan. I was one of Rick's closest friends. Oh, yeah, I know. Rick talked about you. Absolutely. Wasn't he, isn't he at your wedding? I said, yeah. And we start BSing basketball. Now they're going to start the funeral. I said, hey, can I ask you one quick question? 
did you ever try and make a trade Scotty Pippen for Sean Kemp? He's like, dude, I'm not getting into that. That was such a sour experience. I'm like, why? He goes, because that asshole Jerry Krause leaked it to some idiot in the Chicago media, <laughs> and that freaking guy destroyed the trade. I'm like, hey, that's not how it went down. I told Mark Warkentine that. He goes, how would you know? I said, because I'm the idiot in the Chicago media, and I got it from Sean Kemp's agent. And he said, dude, if I had seen you the next day, I would have literally beat the shit out of you. He said, we <laughs> traded a guy with all these off-the-court issues for a guy who's one of the 50 greatest players and one of the best perimeter defenders ever, and you single-handedly blew up the trade. Hell yeah. <laughs> take that. Hell yeah, take that. Uh, so, why didn't they give you a funny. ring? They should have gave you a ring. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that exactly. is awesome. Whenever I write my book with all my stories, I write my book, it's going to be, you're welcome, Chicago, for Scottie Pippen staying. <laughs> I'll be for sure. I'll be sure to get that book. Uh, I want to wrap it up, um, but well, I don't want to wrap it up. It's always fun talking to you, Cap, but uh, we kind of have to wrap it up. Last thing I got to ask, um, uh, who sparkles? There is no person named Sparkles. There really isn't. I call my kids that. I call my wife that. I call my callers that. I just, he's a creation of my demented mind. Like, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. In the house. Time out. So it's it's part of your demented mind, but don't you have a dog named Sparky? Sparky, but I was calling people Sparkles. Yeah, I was calling people Sparkles Hmm. before we ever got Sparky. And I will, like, Today, I got the, the car service, picked me up at LaGuardia. I've never met this guy in my life. Put my bag in the trunk, get in the car. He's like, Mr. Kaplan. I said, what's up, Sparkles? <laughs> and that's just, this is who I am. Yeah. I, just, I, I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but there's enough people that I think I'm their cup of tea that I've lasted this long. I'm okay with that. I am who I am, man. That's just. Me being me, and I'm not going to change for anybody. That's that's the philosophy that I live by, and I think oh, that's yeah. why I'm yeah. a I'm a everyday listener of uh, the Kevin J Hood Show because that's what you bring to the show, man. It's like positivity. It's it's always some good vibes every single time I tune in, especially on a Monday morning. You know how shitty it is, or after a Bears loss to tune into Kevin J Hood. It's fun. It's kind of like, all right, we got kind of get to laugh about it. We can. It's a nice. It's a nice good time. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Look, before Matt Nagy ever came here, I have a play card that I keep in my bag. Mm-hmm. And my play card says make time to sleep, make sure you work out, make sure you, you know, stay organized. I read from a book called The Secret, which I carry with me. It's with me here in Connecticut in my bag. It's all about positive mental attitude and the power of positivity and law of attraction, all of that. But I have written on that play card long before I ever even heard of Matt Nagy, written on it, it was it said, be you. Be you. Don't conform. Don't ever, ever conform. Don't go, I think I should be this way, but you know what? There's people at work or my friends. Don't, you can't act that way. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Be yourself. Be you. You'll know if you cross the line. If it doesn't work, You'll know quick enough. But if you truly are living all in and you're being yourself, you're authentic as hell. Hell yeah. 
Um, and that's uh, that pretty much wraps up, up the show. I think that was the best way to end it. Just uh, this was awesome. Yeah. Oh wait, I have to I have to mention real quick. Um, the Philly Godfather. Uh, I know you know him. Uh, he's a friend of mine. I know he's a good friend of yours. My guy. Yeah, he wanted Philly me. Godfather Steve. Steve is his real name. Yes, that yes, guy's Steve. awesome. I am a huge, huge fan of Steve's, and I consider him a very, very, very dear friend. And that guy is as good as it gets. He wanted me to ask you uh, a certain better that came on your show a few years ago and predicted the World Series um, in 2016, Cubs, uh, Indians. Do you remember which, he, who did that? That was him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it was. He, and how about this year? 50 to 1 back in February. 50 to 1 before Tom Brady picked the Bucks. He picked yep. the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl and nailed it. It's it's insane. Yeah, that guy, that guy, he knows his stuff. He does his homework and uh, he knows how to get it. He knows how to get it done. So uh, I, I am one of the biggest fans he's got because I've had breakfast with him. I've had dinner with him when I do games in Philly. I'm telling you, Steve is a really good person. Well, you know, he's opening up his uh, betting lounge. He's he's opening up a restaurant right now. So we'll all yeah, go. Yeah, he is. The Philly okay. Godfather Sports Lounge. Yep. Yeah, hell yeah. Next time, when it opens, he said drinks are on him. So I guess that's where we'll be. Um, Got a deal. Hell yeah. All right, Cap. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having this me on. This is awesome. Yeah, man. You're, you're, you're the Anytime. Best. Are you going to be on your show on, uh, you're going to be on your show tomorrow or are you going to be in Connecticut not being able to do the show? I'm doing this show right from my hotel room. All right. I'll be calling in. I'll see you tomorrow then. All right. I look forward to it, Mikey and Chris. All right. Hell yeah. I love you, Cap. Have a good one. Good talking to you, Cap. All right. You guys are awesome. Have a great night. The Mikey Beck Show has been brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Media Company.